Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Really excited about this year coming up. I mean, I've got... I'm way ahead of the curve. We've got podcasts scheduled out to the middle of March, some really great guests coming on, some episodes that are already recorded that I'm very excited about. This is just going great. We've got some announcements to make here pretty soon, just waiting for some paperwork to be signed or whatever. Um, New companies, uh, new relationships that we've built, and uh, really excited for this year. And... Um, this episode in particular uh, kind of stemmed over a, uh, from a conversation over some beers at ATA with Alec from uh, Bear Archery, and uh, they're going to be at the traditional archery show in Kalamazoo, which is uh, one of the shows that I go to, you know, for the last couple of years, and um, just sat down and talked with Neil. Neil's been working at Bear Archery for 40 years his dad worked with fred bear uh you know different generations <laughs> this archery show um the traditional archery show is uh average age probably 50s mid 50s and it, that's one of the things that i wanted to talk about on this podcast because you know there's a lot of guys that are switching to trad there's talk about the ethics of it i mean all the things, if you follow along with the podcast, you saw the struggles I went through uh, trying to shoot a turkey last year with a longbow and, and had a blast. And, you know, just what it takes and, and kind of what bear archery means to uh, the traditional community. But what goes into building um, a traditional bow from a quote-unquote big box or large manufacturer rather than a custom bow. So that's one of the things we wanted to talk about in here. And then from that show, we went to the Grand Rapids Hunting Time Expo and met up with a bunch of different people there. Uh, a lot of companies, Latitude, Tuber Saddles, uh, a 
plot doctor, you know, just a lot of our friends from the podcast. I must have talked to, you know, 10 previous uh, podcast guests there. Uh, what, a, what a fun day. And met up with our latest Patreon, Jason Ross from Rockford. Um, saw him in the Latitude booth and uh, seen him at a bunch of the different events and really appreciate the support. And so Patreon is a crowdfunding for creators uh it allows us to you know use some of that money to pay for getting into these shows and kind of traveling and doing some of this stuff and for equipment hosting uh all the stuff that goes into editing a podcast all of that but with that money we also do giveaways so we do quarterly giveaways and this quarter uh, we are giving away a bow that we talk about on this podcast. Now, sometimes they provide us with things uh, so we don't have to pay for it, so we can add in other stuff. Uh, but we were buying this bow anyways, and it is the Bear Montana Longbow. I've got that ordered. It's in 40 pounds, and once you listen to this podcast, you'll hear why I bought a 40-pound longbow. And uh, one of our other patrons, Tom Taylor, he's going to set up some arrows. Um, he's really big into uh, traditional archery and was born into the traditional archery community and uh, he's doing us a big solid by building arrows specifically for this bow for for the winner and uh, he said go ahead and take him out of this drawing he said that wouldn't be real fair um, but so we're giving that away um, spartan forge so spartan forge is machine learning for the deer woods military technology for deer movement to try and tell you when to spend your time in the woods and their mapping is incredible and it's only getting better um talking with bill there's lots of big things coming and check that out at spartanforge.ai i'll say it again you can only use the code so we've got a code for 25 percent off uh, code bowhunter and that code can only be used online so spartanforge.ai Sign up for the 14-day trial, and then when it asks you to sign up for the year, then you use the code there. Um, but other things to come, like I said, we're just waiting for some of the finalization stuff to kind of make that announcement. Um, but those are the kinds of things that we do uh, for Patreon. And coming up here, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of buzz for the Total Archery Challenge. We're going to be at the Total Archery Challenge again this year uh, in Michigan, uh, Crystal Mountain, and uh, registration, all that information is out there. Michigan registration, I believe, opens March 5th. And um, so we'll, again, be doing a cookout. So if you're going to be up there, whether you're a Patreon or not, just stop by. But, uh, again, that's another one of the things that it allows us to do is, you know, have a big party and, and, and hang out and talk archery and hunting and how many arrows we lost and, you know, how our seasons went, all that sort of stuff. And you can check that out, patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. You can go on our website, bowhunterchroniclespodcast.com, or you can just click the link on our Instagram. Um, but this podcast, like I said, is um, one, you know, kind of a conversation that you would have at the bar about, you know, new guys getting into archery and, and you know, what bear archery is meant to the traditional community and how they've changed over the years and, and what it takes to make these bows. And, uh, I really enjoy this. Neil has a lot of great information. Um, and Alec has his perspective being, uh, you know, it's like Alec and I are the, on the younger side and Neil and uncle Frank on this one, um, kind of come at it from, from full circle, from, what they started with to, to the bows of today. So, uh, check it out. 
Thanks for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody, we're back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We're sitting here in Kalamazoo at the traditional archery show put on by Great Northern Bow. And uh, we're sitting down with a couple guys from Bear Archery. Um, we're doing a giveaway for our patrons. We're giving away one of the Bear Montana longbows. Um, there's a lot of new guys wanting to get into traditional archery. And uh, so for all of you listeners, we have uh, Uncle Frank here. Uh, to talk about it. So uh, we got kind of a new guard and the old guard to kind of talk through uh, kind of traditional archery, the everything that's going on. So Alec and Neil, um, can you do some introductions and we'll kind of uh, yeah. start off that way? So uh, Alec Wyman, I'm the marketing manager for all of the bear brands. So bear archery, trophy ridge, Cajun bow fishing, and sick broadheads. Um, but I handle all aspects of marketing. And I'm Neil Bice. I'm with uh, Bear Archery in the Gainesville, Florida plant. I'm the director of operations and responsible for everything that goes on in Gainesville, Florida, manufacturing, uh, shipping, and re- receiving all the materials. So, And so, Neil, what's your history with Bear Archery? Because you said you've been working with the company for 40 years or so? Yeah, I have a pretty long history with Bear Archery. So, basically, my history with Bear Archery started before I actually started working for Bear. My, my father which is Neil Bice Jr., started working for Bear Archery in 1967. In 1967, he started as a tip finisher, but then was moved into uh, working in research and development. And he worked with uh, Fred Bear, Norm Groner, and some of the guys up there on the takedown, helped develop the takedown, became a pattern maker for Bear Archery, continued to work in R&D. Dad worked for Bear for 32 years. He retired in 1999. Bear Archery moved to Gainesville, Florida in 1978. Uh, right before that, I uh, finished the first year of college, uh, went to work for Bear Archery, started pressing uh, traditional bows, started at Bear Archery pressing traditional bows. Moved to Florida, trained people how to tr- press traditional bows, and then I was able to um, basically learn from Fred Bear, Bill Stewart, my dad, and a number of other guys. Uh, I was uh, hired to help implement the Fred Bear signature bow with the gold sockets and the walnut case and everything. It's quite an opportunity. So, you know, that's kind of where my roots started. There's a lot more to that story. Um, I've been very fortunate to be able to work for Bear since 1978, and I've worked my way up through the ranks as, uh, you know, a production worker to a production supervisor, research guy, quality guy, and now director of operations in in, in Gainesville, Florida. So, from the, those early days, from what you saw from your dad and, and, and everything, I mean, I would imagine just like any kid, and especially the fact that you're still around the industry at, at this time, I mean, you had to have just eaten that stuff up, right? So what what has changed in the process, or I guess not even the changes, so what was the process like, like the earliest memories that you have from the the early bows so when you look at the traditional bow process obviously um the things that fred bear developed we still do those same things today there's some minor changes but when you when you make a traditional bow the process is basically the same uh fred bear designed equipment that would aid in the uh, uh production of the equipment but the the presses 
that are being used um, in Gainesville are the same presses that were being used in the 1950s and 60s by Fred Bear. The Richardsons that did the grip areas of the bow, they're the same Richardsons. Now, the forms have to be, you know, new forms don't last, or forms don't last that long. So we have to manufacture new forms off of templates and stuff, and we have to keep up with the masters on the Richardsons. But as far as the um, sanding equipment, the pin sanders, the whole process of doing cable lineup, all of those steps were outlined by uh, Fred Bear, and we still follow those steps uh, 100%. We've added a CNC piece of equipment to cut the arrow rest shelf so that they're all exactly the same now. Uh, that's been something that we've changed in the last couple of years. But before we were using a we used to call it a 50 cal router. It was a pretty big router that you had to hang on to and hope like you could hang on to that thing. But, uh, it, uh, what we use a CNC machine to do that now, but that's the only part that we actually do a CNC on. Um, the process though, the, all the traditional bows are hand sprayed. Um, they go through a hand spray, a dry sand, silk screenings. We make our own silk screens from the artwork. Um, you know, uh, then we, then we hand number them uh, with pens. You know, in the 60s, they used a gold foil that transferred on there. Can't really get that gold foil like that anymore. Um, but we use a gold pen or depending on the, you know, art that we're doing, uh, it you know, a wood type, we might use black or another color. But most everything we use is a gold pen. Um, so that process is essentially the same. Um it's a lot harder to get uh, manufacturing people today. That's just a, that's one of the difference between then and now. Um, you know, people get dirty when they make bows. <laughs> well, and that's something that Alec and I had talked about at, uh, at the ATA show was that, you know, I, I think at least for me, and I, I would, I would say that I'm an average type uh, consumer, right? We're not super trad guys where, you know, we are, I don't know, guess, I guess just as mesmerized as anybody else with the whole just stick and string. And it's, it's kind of where it comes down to for us, right? So everybody wants to complain and we're uh, definitely not crossbow advocates, but it, you know, everybody wants to come into this like as a pissing contest of, you know, well, you used a uh, compound bow and you used a adjustable sight and then you use no sights and then you use a, you know th this bow well that's a takedown recurve it's not a one piece it's not a self bow i mean unless you're doing your own self bow and chewing the sinew and stretching the string there's always going to be another level <laughs> of somebody who's more hardcore uh than you but i think one of the misconceptions that i had and i think would transfer across the the board is that you know you see bear as this giant conglomerate now right so they are making the trophy ridge sites and they are making all of this stuff so in my mind i think that their traditional bows would be made the same way that they just start over here ship it down the line and then it comes out as a as a finished product where it's just something that's being assembled um and i was really uh, i don't want to say taken aback but very surprised that the process is exactly the same as a uh, uh uh, custom bow it's just on a maybe a different scale you have 10 guys making custom bows instead of one correct? right right well you look at the the bow process and to make a bow you need wood fiberglass you need you know glue what else do you need you need wood you need talent you need 
somebody that's skilled at doing those. You need some tools to help aid that in. But in all reality, when you look at bear archery as a conglomerate, um, you know, Fred Bear was an innovator. If you look back to Fred Bear from day one, you know, he was the one that innovated putting fiberglass on bows. He uh, did, he might not have been his original idea, but he made things happen to where we can make this work and we can get bows into people's hands. We can get people interested in archery. He was also a fisherman. He liked to fish and he advocated for fishermen. And uh, so what I would say is, you know, bear archery is this large conglomerate. Yes, we make, we make compound bows and we sell some crossbows and we make, and we make sights and accessories for, for all that stuff. We also make traditional bows. Traditional bows is the backbone of bear archery. It's where we got our roots. But we also have to remember that Fred Bear was an innovator in that he wanted archery to grow. You know, when you look at how archery has grown and what started some of the, the, you know, rush on archery. It was Fred Bear being an innovator and being able to get it out into people's hands by using methods that actually held costs down on these things so that people could afford to do this stuff. And so Bear Archery has continued to try to do that and tried to be the advocate for the user, for somebody that wants to try archery. The game, whether they're using a compound or a crossbow or I, it it matters to some people, but I think what really matters is are people pulling together for archery to keep archery as a sport in our country and just get more people involved, get more people involved, get young people involved, get old people involved, get women involved, get young, you know, teenagers involved, grow the sport of archery for the love of archery, not for personal well-being. And just to kind of further touch on that point, I think that it's really neat to, so we're a big um, partner with Total Archery Challenge. And so you've got a small part of the bow hunting community. I'm going to say it's a pretty small part of the bow hunting community that ha- that has that approach or that mindset of, you know, you shot a compound or you're using digital site, whatever it may be. But the really eye-opening experiences are when you get into a group, like if you go to a Total Archery Challenge shoot, You've got people shooting anything and everything there. You got traditional guys, you got compound guys, you got guys using, um, you know, uh, lenses on their sights. You've got, I mean, anything you can think of, you know, shooting different bow manufacturers, but everybody at that event is so driven by archery in itself that all that kind of just fades into the background and everybody's just there to shoot, have fun and enjoy the sport for what it is. Yeah, you take this event here, you know, this is totally focused on traditional archery, right? And to be honest with you, I have a a love for traditional archery just because where I came from, you know, when my dad was in, we started working at Bear, there was nothing but traditional archery at that time. And so I, you know, learned on that and, and the pieces of traditional archery, are just so fun to deal with uh, the the woods the the look of the bow the feel of the product the the mystique of you know being able to get close but some people experience that with the other equipment and so wouldn't want to close them off but you know an event like this uh, where people can come together look at all the different traditional there's a lot of good bow ma- makers out there 
and you know all the accessories and all the gadgets that go along with all this stuff it's still a pretty simple sport uh but everything that goes along with it people you know they want to this group of people this traditional group they're a pretty tight-knit group you know and and uh they're they're passionate about what they do and and rightly so it's a it's a good thing so we just have to embrace all of that uh and try to make sure that we don't leave people out though because the next traditional guy might have been the guy that was actually shooting a compound and never right. really understood that there was traditional out out there so so from from that perspective alex and what or alec one of the things that i wanted to to talk about in the conversation that we had had previously is on the 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 new guys that are getting into traditional archery and i feel like that on some level that's like a double-edged sword right because we want to be the most proficient. We want to be so ethical. You know, we love these animals and now we're going to go out and we're going to say, okay, well, I want to do traditional archery now. And I mean, if you, uh, if you took the temperature of this room and you said, well, what do I suppose that the average age in this room is? Um, It's pretty high. And there is, what we forget is that there's so much knowledge, you know, on, not only bow tuning, but like all of the woodsmanship and everything. And so we live in a world, you know, that, I mean, you uh, propagate, I guess, you know, through marketing and all this other stuff. So what are you seeing for the, the new generation? Uh, like, so I how think, is that moving? Yeah. So I would say that, and I mean, just looking at, basic sales. I mean, the number of bows that we produce, there's been a huge resurgence in the last few years um, from, I mean, it could be a number of number of reasons, but you've got older guys that started with traditional bows and moved to compounds now making the jump back. And then you got guys our age that started with compounds have always just known compounds. And the compound market has gotten so and I don't mean this in, in a poor way, just stagnant, like bows aren't getting any faster. All the bows are within a few feet per second of each other. It's kind of hit that wall. You've got carbon bows, like there's no real new, new, new earth shattering technology that's been introduced. And so bows have gotten so efficient. Um, you know, you go out, you shoot a couple arrows and you've got it sighted in for compounds. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're good. Like once you got it sighted in, the others a few factors that could change that. But once you got your bow sighted in, you're pretty much set, and you could set that bow down for six months and then walk back to it, pick it up, and you're back in it. With traditional and what I think, and from what we hear and see from social media today, the draw for people, or one of the draws, I should say, is that with traditional, it is kind of that unknown. And it's something different that is changing up their archery experience. And as it's almost a snowball effect is there's got, there's so many people that are now getting involved with it. Everybody wants to try it. Everybody's kind of aware of it. And there's, it's, it's kind of added a new sense of unknown into the sport. So everybody kind of wants to see, you know, what's it all about. And um, I mean, it's, Shooting traditional bows is fun. It's it, it simply said, it, it, it's fun. 
you can go out with a group of guys, whether you're hunting, shooting 3D, doesn't matter. Shooting a traditional bow is fun, and you can have 10 good shots, and then you'll have 20 bad ones. It's And it's, I mean, Neil has been shooting. He's been watching me, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Neil has obviously been shooting far longer than I have, but you talk about the age in this room and the knowledge that's there and the stories that I hear from Neil and so many other traditional archers that have done it for year decades. It's that's invaluable. I mean, the knowledge that's there, their experiences and it's, you know, it, there's so much knowledge out there and to be in this room and have all these people, talking about it and sharing that information is i mean it's second to none i i get excited when i see a bunch of young guys walk up to the booth and you know they're 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 evaluating everything you know because we're a uh, the younger generation god bless them they're they're look at things and it's almost instant gratification on this but the group of guys that are coming through here they're looking at stuff and they're they're going to figure it out right they know they know that they can have fun at this they they want it to be a challenge in traditional archery can be a challenge oh, right yeah. but Absolutely. you can make it easy but they also want the gadgets and all the stuff that goes along with it but you know a group of guys came by the booth older fellas but you know what the grandson was there the grandson shooting dad's old bow that he was shooting uh so you know, it, it just really, it really takes people with some passion, pushing it on to other people, uh, young, young people that get involved, you know, their buddies and everything. They, you can see there's enthusiasm. This, the podcast stuff. Look, the group that I was just talking about, the young group, I know, I know darn well they're listening to those things every chance they get, you know, because oh, yeah. they feed on that stuff. And it's a good thing because they relate to it. And that's what we really need to do is find ways to relate to the um, the group of people that are just getting into it. I'm not just necessarily talking about young folks, too. Right. You know, I'm talking 30-year-old, 40-year-olds to, to 30-year-olds, young to me, right? <laughs> but uh, but you, 40 you, young, too. <laughs> 50. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, but, you know, all of this kind of stuff, uh, people talking about it, getting them enthused, showing them, you know, new tricks or offering, you know, different models and, and just the, the traditional uh, mystique of, woods and colors and designs and oh there's a bunch of stuff out there and you can get excited about that and then you can get excited about being in a tree stand or a ground blind and right. being up close and real with uh nature too so frank i'm going to move this over to you just a, a bit like so he was talking about people showing up to the booth and and obviously in today's day and age we have you know, social media, we have the internet. Like, so back when you were working in the bow shop and you were selling these bows before the compounds even existed, right. what was it like when people came in? I mean, what were they looking for and how do they even know? Because bow hunting really wasn't a thing at that time. Well, right? I, I think though, you know, even the name bear archery, you know, that, that drew, drew them people, you know, Fred bear was such an icon back then. It drew them to the, your product, you know, and there wasn't a lot of archery products back then, you know. I mean, Browning made some, Shakespeare made some, you know, and Bear, you know. It, it had those, but 
they they knew Fred Bear, you know, is that's the guy, you know. So we they came in your store. I want to see a bear bow, you know. I want to see that grizzly. I want to see that Kodiak, you know, whatever, you know. And so it wasn't a real tough sell, you know what I mean? I really had to work my ass off. I mean, a lot of the time, but you know, <laughs> no, it was it was easy. It was uh, and it was fun, you know what I mean? Back then, you know, before like I say before the compound, this is what we had, you know, and this is what we did, and compounds did change everything. But I have a question to you. When we shoot on Wednesday night, mm-hmm. do we enjoy it? Oh, it's a blast. And 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 one of the things with that, so we shoot a, a Wednesday night. It's a, it's a small, small game. game round. So so it's not any sort of NFAA or anything like that. You got a, a, a couple of ducks, a rabbit, a, a coyote, and these are flat paper targets, and they're scored. Um, and it's just a blast, and everybody's shooting just their hunting bows, and um, a couple of guys shoot their target equipment. Yeah, but there, there's no like traditional guys in there. And no, we just no. have a, a blast, and we've got a group. I mean, like there was a group a couple of years ago that were like the yard sale guys. Like they went to, they had the most ragtag equipment, and <laughs> arrows were hitting everywhere. And there was we had women on their team that I, it's like they'd never even seen a bow. Arrows are hitting wood and the floor and the ceiling lights, <laughs> um, and it's just a really really good time. And 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 when you talked about like the energy and having fun and, and like knowing that you can have fun, and the difference is is it's so easy, John who's uh, one of the other hosts on the podcast here, he's a lights out shot. And I was just having this conversation yesterday is, you know, his, his average is very, very close to perfect. So every single miss that he has can ruin his night. It, it takes him right out of it. And I think that to your point, Alec, that's what makes traditional archery fun for me. Is right. I love shooting that stick bow because when I make a good shot, man, it feels so good. And when I make a bad shot, I just have to laugh at all. I mean, I missed a turkey kneel from me to you away last year. I, <laughs> I got this bow I shot every single day. I'm like, I'm going to try it on turkeys. I'm not going to care if I miss a turkey. It's not going to be a big deal. Let the record show I'm a foot and a half from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I got, it's on video. I got, uh, we have the whole thing. We have most of his hunts on, on video. <laughs> and I, I mean, this Jake comes in and he's packing at the decoy and everything and I mean, I we were trying to head shoot him with a guillotine broadhead, and I I sent it a foot and a half over his head. I could have bare just about, you know, <laughs> stabbed him with it from from where I was sitting, and uh, it was just so much fun. And if that would have been a deer, if that would have been something else, if I would have done that with a, a, a my compound or God forbid a shotgun, you miss at that range, you know. You're going to be vilified. You know, it's be like, oh, my God. And John and I are just laughing, like, can you believe that happened? How'd you miss it this close? But the fun, I mean, when you get to the point with your uh, compound bow that, you know, you have to shoot at different spots because you're shooting the knocks off them every time, when you make a bad shot, it 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 changes your whole mindset. It doesn't necessarily make it so that you're like, I need to do better next time. You're like, don't mess it up. You know, you get really down on yourself. It, it, at least for me, Sh- shooting a, a, a traditional bow, like when you make a good shot, it, I mean, there's like no better feeling because you've, I feel like you feel like you've accomplished something, right? Whereas 
you know, it's just not that way with some of this other equipment, you know. Well, and the thing is, too, you know, like you said, you you can make a good shot and make two bad shots and make another good shot, you know what I mean? But you're cool with it, you know what I mean? It's something like, you know, I'm, you know, this is the way I'm shooting, you know, I should be shooting better, but, you know, but if you're, if you're using your compound and, and you're all your equipment, man, it's, it's not good, you know, I mean, I'm. I'm pissed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect example is one of the guys that was just here, or the guys that listens to the podcast, Tom. He come over to Muskegon. We have a um, a 25 shot, 30 30 shot range of uh, outdoor 3D, and it just happened to be up. So we were shooting that, but there's also a 25 shot field course, and so they're mingled in between. And we got to the end, and there's the field course thing there. And this caribou's like, you know, it's just flat bales. It's a picture of a caribou. It's 56 yards away or something. Tom just pulls up his longbow. All right, I'm going to do the same thing. I shoot it, and I, I mean, I ten ring this caribou with this longbow, you know. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, do you always shoot like that? I'm like, I don't know. I'll send another. That one hits like nine feet off, you know. And it's just like, but, but for that one moment in time, man, I was the hero, yeah. you know, just just for doing it, you know, and, and it's just so much fun. But I think that that is where it becomes, I think, like an ethical question, right? Because it's a blast and you love shooting it. But uh, Neil, can you tell us what it takes to like actually be in the mindset to hunt with one of these things and be able to be sure that you're going to make that shot every time? Well, I think I think the, the last thing you said, be sure, um, that's going to be questionable in everything because depending on how uh, close you are with nature, if you've been able to overcome your adrenaline rush or your heart palpitations, however you want to call it, can you control that uh, energy? Can you keep that energy contained until after you make the shot? The biggest thing, though, what does it take? Um, it takes the same thing you do when you're shooting a compound. Uh, when I say that, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, if you think about when you execute a shot with a recurve bow or a traditional long bow, if you think about the steps that you make and how you set up, how you draw, how you shoot, if you can make all those happen the same way every time or very close to the same way every time, your grip, your feel, your, the, the length that you draw the arrow and control all of that stuff, your aim point, those kind of things, you're going to be a lot more accurate. What what people have when they shoot a compound is they have these automatic ticks that you have to do to be able to see through a peep sight, to put the pin on the thing. Those are, are tools that are making you do the same thing over and over and over. So if you're shooting a traditional bow and you have those habits where you develop good quality arrows, it's not necessarily how many arrows you shoot. But how many good quality arrows can you shoot? How the repetition in in the execution of your shot? That's how you get good, and that's that's that goes to speak with almost everything you do in life. Yeah, you know, if you practice math, some people are a lot smarter at math than others. Some people at archery are a lot better than other people. They're just naturals. It's like football players. Some guys are just big and fast, right? In archery, it's a skill. Develop that skill. Take your time, be patient, you know, most of all, have fun. Because when you enjoy something, you're going to be a lot better at it. You know, when you have confidence, you know, you can be very confident and you're going to shoot this turkey and it's only a yard and a half. Something <laughs> didn't go right. But in your mind, you never, you never thought about that 
going to be a miss, right? Mm-hmm. So, but at the end of the day, when you, when you missed, life isn't over. You get another chance. So you just have to, okay, what was it that I did that I can do better the next time? And really carrying that burden, I feel bad when I miss something that I really would have, you know, if I, if I, I've not really ever killed a really big buck with my traditional bow. I've killed stuff. But when I look at some of the deer that I've missed <laughs> with my bow, yeah. I, I feel bad about it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to get another shot. You know, I'm, it might not be a 190, but I'm going to have fun, whatever I'm going to be doing at it. So just enjoying yourself in the woods and, and being able to have the opportunity to do that uh is is part of what i think people like in archery yeah everybody wants to be successful right uh success isn't necessarily measured in how much game you take it's also how much passion and fun you have while you're doing it sure. yeah the experience I think itself. Like the, uh, it's easier for for the kids to get into traditional archery today you know to bring your kids into that because it's 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 fun you know and it isn't so technical. If uh, the, I think the question I'm going to ask is, is say say your kids have a traditional bow or, or a compound and they practice with you. If you had a crossbow and your kid shoots a crossbow, how much does he practice with that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking very little. You know because everything it's like a gun. These, you know, you need to put the tools there, you know what I mean, for them to, you know, they, they have the bow, they have the arrows, you know, there's a target, and you show them, you know, the, the fundamentals, you know, and that's where the fun, I think, part comes. They don't have to be so critical, you know. They can, they can learn it, and then they can go, you know, progress whatever way they want, you know. Well, I was just having this conversation over there uh, with somebody from the Michigan Bow Hunting Association, right? So... Exactly what you said. Nobody, these kids aren't saying, hey, can I go shoot my crossbow? But I remember when I was a kid, you know, grabbing a box and going out in the middle of the backyard and then taking these three fiberglass arrows in this bow and shooting and just shooting at that box for hours. You and know? he used to hit the box every time. <laughs> yeah. Not the turkey. But, so uh, you, you have to understand, my my dad... He thinks that I just all I do is bash him on this podcast. He he thinks that all I ever do is just say, you know, we never grew up hunting. And then when I met my wife and my father in law, that's when that's when we really started bow hunting, like seriously. But so so from from that uh, story, when I went out in the backyard and I just would shoot at a box. So what did I do when I was oh I don't know twenty five years old or so? I got myself for Christmas a Martin Jaguar takedown. And what did I do with it in the suburbs? I went in the backyard and I got a box and I filled it up with all these sheets of cardboard. I pull it back. I shoot through that box, shoot through the fence into the neighbor's yard. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a little different. You know, 50-pound takedown recurve. Not th- you know, I never do that with my compound bow, but I'm just thinking about, like, you know, when I was growing up, these things weren't that fast. Not as, everybody says these recurves are, are, you know, so slow compared to our, our, our modern bows, you know. So, when but I, I, I feel super comfortable telling my daughter, go out there and just, if you want to shoot your bow, go, 
go shoot it. I, I don't have to worry, you know, a crossbow, rip her thumb off, or how is she going to oh, cock yeah, it, or, yeah. you know, dry fire, and it's going to explode. Right. Uh, all of these things are, are, are things that, you know, introducing to kids with having fun, making it fun, and not making it all that technical or be scary. I don't know who manufactured those bows back when I was a kid, but it was, bear might have, I don't know. It was a orange and white fiberglass, two-sided. You could shoot left or right hand. They made an orange and white and a green and white. I think I got a green one, don't I? Hanging Hanging up up, at home. Some of the fox bows at Bear Maiden. But I'm telling you what, (laughs) man, everybody in the neighborhood had one, you know, and we went down to the creek, you know, we were shooting, you know. Sometimes you get a frog, sometimes you wouldn't, you know, or whatever, you know, but we, we shot, we had a ball, you know. I think one of the things you said a few minutes ago when you said uh, the 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 parent was out with the kid in the yard, you know, letting them shoot and doing that stuff. I think one of the most important things that they get out of it in the memory of it and why they enjoy it so much is the family time. We yeah. forget about that. Yeah. You know, so. And I think that's still a real thing. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. As people get older, as you get to be 30 or 35 and they're still doing some of that stuff with their dad or or their family in some way or another i think there's a bond in all that stuff because you will see a lot of family but then then the grandfather or the seeing you know the next generation come through that that relativity of you know family time it's it's important for the kids to experience good times with their grandparents as well as their parents and i think that's all relative and and how much you know it is a family fun sport and, and, I, and i know the industry pushes hard to get children or the young younger generation involved but hunting is is different from just shooting you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's a you're gonna eventually you'll probably hunt you know but you're gonna shoot first you know you're gonna enjoy that part of it you know right. and maybe you never will hunt i don't know you know but yeah, I think they, they, they push too hard on, you know, oh, man, we got to have more hunters. We got to have more hunters, you know. No, we have to have more kids shooting or, you more know, archers, everybody yeah. shooting. Just you know? get people involved right, in archery. get involved. Yeah. Let it happen naturally what they want to yep. do with that. That's for sure. Well, and to your point, Neil, like, so I have a six-year-old daughter. And everybody, you know, when my wife was pregnant, they were like, you know, you want to have a boy, you know. Oh, are you disappointed that you had a girl? And, and I had to like figure it out for myself. Like, am I trying to push this stuff on her that she has to hunt or she has to do this, but she just wants to do what I'm doing. So if I'm, if I bring her along because we're shooting bows at the Bowman's club, then, you know, she brings her Nerf bow and she shoots and that's what happens. You know, if we're skinning deer or cleaning fish, She's out there. She has her job of this is what I do and this is how it works. And it's not like, hey, you have to come out and do this. And I'm not trying to be like, you need to be a tomboy. She's a 
Clean, ballerina. Cleaning <laughs> fish. Cleaning <laughs> fish. We're out here. I'm cleaning perch, you know, and she comes out, Grandpa, can I help? Sure. I said, what do you want to do? Well, I'll take the guts and put them in there, she goes. And I said, okay. <laughs> That's her job. That's what she told her mom. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I took care of the guts, mom. <laughs> but it's just it's just being around it, you know. Yeah. That's, this is right. the way that we live our lives and to say that you have to do this is like, no, come on. Well, I got, and, I got, I mean, and I think kind of to that point and based on all the conversation that's happened on this podcast, it, it comes down to there's a weight on us as archers to make those opportunities available to people who are not currently shooting. So like my family's big on like every year for deer camp, trying to get one or two people from our friend group, from our family group that haven't been out in the woods, trying to get them that opportunity to join us out in the woods and experience it. Let them figure it out. If it's something that they like, like if they're not big on the hunting aspect of it, they can still get a bow, get a gun and go to the range and have fun. Just it. If you don't have to hunt, which is the biggest thing, and which is why I think we're seeing like such a, a surge in like these total archery challenge and R 100 shoots, because people are just enjoying that aspect of getting out and shooting with friends and family and having that camaraderie and that time in the woods together. And in such a weird, like time, that we live in where it's, you know, you, you're not supposed to call people by this name or this, or, you know, uh, you know, there's so much anti hunting and there's so much political stuff. And there's so many things that you could find yourself kind of dragged down by, you know, you show up at a uh, event like this or like at the total archery challenge. I mean, you're just surrounded by people who are like super into all the same things that you are, you know? Yep. So you're like, Oh, you got that new site. Like, Oh, what arrows are you shooting? How do you like those? You know, like, Oh, you're shooting a trad bow. Like, how does that work at that 126 yard elk? <laughs> you know, like, uh, but you can have those conversations without it being without any sort of divisiveness, you know? Yeah. And if you bring kids and on that kids course, you know, you're, showing them that environment that that the world isn't this terrible place and that there is a place where people can go and they can just all have a great time together yeah. you know oh i'm helping people find their arrows it's not like man could we just get done already it's like right. you're out there trying to help other people find their 30 dollar arrow that they just shot into the trees or the mountain most of them are in the trees <laughs> stuck in the trees <laughs> uh, i mean we don't we don't go to the total archery challenge just for the for the booze and the food? <laughs> <laughs> well, some Sounds of us like you have shoot. some experience with tree arrows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not so much me, but uh, oh. a, a, a lot. I've, I've banged some off some trees, though. Yeah. yeah make sure you got to have a lot, of, a lot of bullets with you. <laughs> Those bins at the end of the shoot are just overflowing with broken huh. and lost arrows. And now they're changing it this year, so we're growing the crystals. So, yep. You know? going to have a whole new i mean you're not even going to know what the courses are or what what uh, you know that, that's going to be the i was telling people about that like that ski up there so next year when you they go skiing for the next ski season look up at down some of the runs because you're going to see so many arrows stuck in trees and it's going to be like what what happened there uh, one of the things when you were talking about like uh, shooting deer or sh- shooting at animals and stuff. And you said, when you draw back that long bore, that recurve. So for guys that are just starting to get into traditional archery or for, for people who 
don't really have a good uh, handle on what it is that they want, but they know, oh, it sounds like fun. These guys are laughing, cutting up. Like, maybe I want to try that. Like, what's the difference in, like, shooting experience between a recurve bow and a long bow? So, I mean, the experience for me is that a longbow itself, um, it's longer, but also you have a little bit smaller picture on, a, on it. And, and uh, really, the grip is generally smaller. And, you know, uh, as far as speed and everything, you know, as long as you have a good release and, you know, you figure out what the bow is doing in your hand, uh, you can control that shot. Recurves typically are a little more forgiving uh because you know on a longbow you got a small shelf and your arm is a rudder so if you're moving just a little bit that shot's gonna you know it it's gonna go where your arm goes or if you pluck a stringer but uh recurve sometimes they're a little more forgiving uh in that you know when you release the arrow that that arrow shelf is a little bit bigger and it that rudder isn't quite so dynamic when it comes to that so you know a longbow is pretty easy to shoot as long as you execute the same shot every time i say that when somebody's starting out i don't really know what their habits are so if 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 somebody's starting out and you can give somebody some good pointers you know like practice these five things don't give them 30 things to try to remember practice these five things what are those five things well it's one don't grip your bow like it's you know the hardest thing to hold on to make it feel part of you know just caress it so to speak don't don't squeeze it make sure that when you're drawn that you're not extending overextending your body because you want to draw to the same place every time you know just make those five points and say practice these take and go up to a target and close your eyes and try to make sure that you're when you close your eyes and you draw that you feel that you're not squeezing the grip and then just let the arrow go into the target from just a few yards away and just you know, practice just good drawing and, you know, good form uh, and let somebody, you know, kick your leg out to the right or the left or whatever it is, because everybody's body is different. So the stance might need to be a little different or what they feel comfortable with. And sometimes when you're starting to do a new sport, it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable because you don't know what really, well, I don't, I don't like to stand that way. You know, a lot of people like to shoot closed or like to shoot open or whatever. So gradually that'll become a natural thing. But if we give them, if we just help give them like five points to help start them out and not try to focus on all the other stuff, just focus on those five. How important is anchor point then? I think um, from a standpoint, anchor point, it depends on a person if they're a snap shooter or if they're an anchor shooter. Well, that's what I, so, that's what I was wondering. You so know, a lot know. of people, you know, Fred Bear was pretty much a snap shooter but oh, yeah. you know what he shot faa yeah. and he'd hold and shoot yeah. so you know when he was hunting it was i got to get that arrow there now right but his you know it was a pretty good shot um but at the same time anchor point even if you're snap shooting you got to have the same place that you're drawn to every okay time. same i think it's pretty much yeah if you're whatever that is like your arm like for me when i'm shooting a traditional bow i'm never shooting it. it's not straight armed ever yeah. okay and and I used to shoot a compound a lot and, uh, you know, used to be pretty good at it. And I just don't shoot that much anymore. 
Um, but you know, that arm position being the same, I, I can tell you what my arm position needs to be just by doing it over and over and over. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I don't miss what I'm shooting at. Right. It's because I had a, you know, something going on in my head when I released, but the release point, the aim point, you know, those five basic essential things can really get an archer started on the right track to where they don't really struggle uh, out of the gate. And it doesn't really matter what type of bow you're shooting. I think those principles are constant across the board. So with with a, say, traditional bow, how long, you know, would you hold it, you know, at full draw? Before your shot, you know, I mean, like you, you yourself. So most of the time I'm probably shooting within a couple seconds because I am not really just what I say, a snap shooter. So I would draw and, and in my mind, I get my picture, you know, what's my, what's my picture, you know, what's my aim point, my picture. It's a pretty quick deal, you know, so maybe two to three seconds, maybe most. How long do you hold? For, with what bow? It's about, it's about the same on either. Well, and I think that <laughs> he calls me his quick stromograph. <laughs> well, and to that point, uh, when somebody's transitioning from a compound or has never shot a recurve or longbow before, I think that's the first thing that they recognize is they're used to being able to hold because of let off right. with their Absolutely. compound. And then they pick this up and they're shaking all over the place and they're just it's not the same. So I think the mindset has to change and you know, it's, you're getting there, but you, all you really have is a few seconds to you have to use the same, you know, principles or habits, you know, but when that thing stacks the first time you pull it back, you go, what the hell's going on here? You know? Well, and, and, and that leads into the question I was going to ask you is for guys starting out, like, you know, we all shoot, 60 70 pound draw weight so you think like i'll get a 50 pound recurve it's you know i can do that um what are your recommendations or, or maybe cautions with that as as, as well people start i think to dive physique in? is always a, a factor of what's what's what can somebody handle yeah. and really uh they should they you know if they're just getting into it they should go and draw a bow and actually hold it for a few seconds you know and then let it down and then draw it again and hold it for a few seconds and what do they feel comfortable with and and somebody actually you know look at them and say uh you're only drawing like 24 inches you're not really drawing it all the way that might be too much weight for them right but they don't know it because they're but because in a compound you know you're drawing now most everything has stops and you hit the valley and you're you know locked in and all that but in a traditional bow you know you can you know killing snakes you don't always draw a full draw and try to kill a snake you draw it about maybe two-thirds of the way and kill a snake with it but when a guy's starting out that's kind of what i was uh experiencing when i've watched folks start out is they don't always draw it they get about three four inches from their face and they're they're letting go right this some of it could be that they're just drawing too much weight to begin with right so you know get comfortable so most people that uh start out can shoot 45 pounds and it might be a little bit much for them but really that's you get into some muscle memory after they do that a little bit and then 45 pounds isn't that much there's a lot of strong guys out there that uh, you know practice weights all the time they can easily they can easily on a traditional bow handle 50 55 pounds um you know a lot of people still like 60 pounds but we all know that you know you don't need that to um 
be successful in the hunting realm. But if you're target shooting, really, it's more about form and accuracy. You know, those five basic essentials. <laughs> you don't need to make it difficult. So Sure. And then just kind of a kind of come full circle and kind of close this thing out here. Um, so we're giving away one. I like shooting the longbow. We're giving away one of your Montana longbows. So I thought that that would be a good one for somebody to start out on. And if they don't win it or whatever, it's not very expensive to get yourself into uh, in the in the world of, of traditional archery. So what can you tell us about that specific bow? The, the Montana longbow, uh, bear archery started making it, it in 1997. Actually it was designed by my dad and, uh, we've sold thousands of these bows. It's a 64 inch bow. We make it, offer it in a number of different weights from 30 pounds up to 60 pounds. Um, and right and left handed. And, uh, it's, it's, a uh, it's the limb cores are maple and the fiberglass is backed on the face in the back and the riser is impregnated uh, uh, maple in a black color, gray black color. And we put uh, a leather grip on it and we have a leather uh, shooting rest uh, that comes on the bow also. And it's uh, got uh, fiberglass reinforced tips and so it has so, also comes with the Dynaflight string which is a fast flight type of Dyneema material. Uh, so it's pretty efficient, uh, long bow. Um, I would say, you know, from that standpoint, the bow itself, uh, pretty efficient. And, uh, you know, over the years, cause we've made it a long time over the years, we've done a few things. We've thinned the limbs down just a little bit. So it's a, you know, it's a little bit faster than it was when it first came out in the, in 97, but essentially it's the same bow and it's a very durable bow. It'll, you know, if you take, you know, good care of it it'll last you basically a lifetime so and then one of the questions that we always ask as we're uh closing out is like what is your bow setup what's your your hunting setup and we'll get it from both of you it doesn't have to be traditional you know obviously it's just whatever well, you want shooting. me to lie or tell you the truth <laughs> <laughs> so so you mean uh traditional bow whatever so, you're so I, I shoot all of it right so i work at bear archery and <laughs> you know i need to know understand what's going on i i gotta be responsible to all of our clients and uh you know so i have to understand everything about the traditional bow and the compound i do have obviously passion for the traditional bow and I, I definitely you know we introduced like the kodiak hunter again this year and we haven't made it since the 70s um and so that was a nice project for me but if i said what am i hunting with the last time uh i hunted i didn't hunt this last year too busy at the factory but i hunted with a takedown i love the takedown because it's easy to transport to and from wherever you're going it's easy to set up it's easy to tune um, I shoot 50 pounds, uh, and my hunting setup, I, I use, uh, you know, whiskers on the string. Uh, actually there, I say whiskers, it's more of a wool type of puff on the string. It's a pretty quiet bow. I draw 27 and three quarter inches in, in most situations. Um, uh, and I'm using, I like to shoot aluminum arrows. I'm shooting 22 16s. Yeah. Oh, that's a pretty, yeah, it really thumps them too. So it's, yeah. it is so easy and nice to shoot. I, it's a super aimer. You know, I shoot 145 grain head. Uh, actually been using the old bear razor heads, you know, so, oh, yeah. so it's easy for me to tune and, uh, feathers. I'm using 
uh, five-inch shields yeah. on the feathers. So, you know, like uh, uh, everything, it's they're, they're easy to tune. Yeah. You know, um, got to make it easy and, and fun. So I don't want to make it hard. You know, uh, I do shoot a, 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 a 59 Kodiak. I love that bow. I have my bow uh, that I have. You know, we started making that in in the end of 2011 for our 2012 launch when we reintroduced the 59. Mine is made, the one that I shoot is made in that same era. And basically, it's been strung almost the whole time, other than when I took it to and from places. And it's only like a pound different from what it was when it was made. And uh, so it's probably got 20 plus thousand arrows out of it over the years. You know, it's 2020. It's 10 years old. Yep. And it's basically been strung the whole time, and it's straight as an arrow. It's a beautiful bow, easy to shoot. I love shooting off the feather rest. So those two bows, it's kind of a toss-up for me. As far as the, the compound stuff, shoot carbon arrows, shoot a uh, uh, a whisker biscuit arrow rest for, for hunting purposes, uh, a single uh, five-spot quiver that can detach from the bow, hang on your stand if you're stand hunting, Um I don't, uh, I use a release, obviously, D-loop, peep, tied in, uh, uh, not a quarter inch, three sixteenths, so a um, little bit smaller than a quarter. Sometimes it feels like I can stick my head through that hole, so I think that's plenty big enough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the stabilizer, just a, you know, a, a six, six inch stabilizer on it, and I shoot 70 pounds uh, on my compound. Uh, it's a pretty fast bow. It's, it shoots like three thirty. You know, in which bow is it? Uh, uh, actually, was shooting the Redemption this last year. So, um, so usually I switch out if I'm hunting. If I have an opportunity to hunt with a compound somewhere, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna <clears throat> probably switch out to the the flagship of whatever we have in the in the. So that's part of you know my benefits of bear right. archery. Uh, most people don't have that, but as far as that goes, you know, it's a, it's a hybrid, uh, binary type, uh, uh, one cam. And so it's a pretty efficient, pretty efficient bow. It's hard to miss with that. The only way that you miss is by making mental errors, you know, with that kind of stuff. So, and there's plenty of them to make, especially if Mr. Big walks out in front of you, can you control your emotions, you know? So, cause you can shoot a dot all day. Now put Mr. Big out in front of you right so oh, yeah. opportunities you see nebraska in your head yeah <laughs> <laughs> so those are you know uh, i that was probably a lengthy call on that but i do shoot both because i you know because of who i am and what i do for a living sure. i'm blessed to be able to have been working for bear for 40 years yeah that's great and alec so i'm kind of like neil given my role um i need to be familiar with all the product to be able to address questions and be able to fully understand it and present it to people um that aren't familiar with it so i'm kind of all over the place uh this past fall i was shooting the 22 uh flagship which is the refine um and i've got a similar setup for accessories so i'm using our hex light trophy ridges hex light quiver uh, which has the lights built into the hood um, I also shoot a biscuit just because for the hunting I do, it's what I've always known and I've never had an issue with it and I haven't had a reason to change. So um, I do use a uh, our Hitman combo kit. So I've got an eight out front and a 10 off the side for stabilizers. 
And then uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Using carbon arrows. What's yeah? The, yeah. What's the site? Uh, so I use React Pro, which is just our so React technology is uh, owned by Trophy Ridge, and it's basically the most efficient site technology that's on the market. But you site in the first two pins, and all your other pins are set um, through mathematical calculation. The site does it all for you. Totally awesome site. But it's um, it's one of the cool. I mean, one of the coolest sites that I've ever shot, and I've in the entire time that I've been with Bear, that's what I've been using on every single one of my compounds. But it's just basic five pin. Um, and then for the traditional side, so I'm going back to our conversation earlier. I'm not at a point where I'm confident to go out into the field and try and harvest an animal. So right now the shooting that I do is 3D and out in the backyard just having fun, working on those things to, to make myself more successful and put myself at that confidence level where I can eventually go after whitetail or turkey, whatever it may be. But um, I've shot everything, but uh, the bow that I shoot the best is either the Super Kodiak um, or the Takedown. Okay. Um, real quick, just because I don't, uh, I think it's a pretty cool idea, and you guys didn't mention what uh, what broadhead you're shooting, but you. Can you talk about the new uh, broadheads that you've got coming out this year? Yeah, uh, so Bear? we're super excited about it. It's been, people have been begging us to bring a broad a broadhead back to the market for a long time. Um, so the new Razorhead VWS or variable weight system, uh, we just launched it at ATA. Uh, the broadheads themselves are available on both a single bevel and a double bevel. Um, and the way that the system works is, um, the broadhead can be basically configured in a number of ways. So when you get the broadhead, the broadhead by itself is 150 grains. Um, it does allow, um, the archer, if they're shooting cedars, um, to be glued onto the shaft, but where it really gets interesting and cool is for carbon or aluminum arrows, the variable weight system, the broadheads come with three different inserts. Um, one's made out of magnesium, one's made out of aluminum, and then one is made out of stainless steel. So the broadhead, the 150 grain broadhead with the magnesium insert screwed in, takes it to 175 grains. The broadhead with the aluminum insert screwed in takes it to 200 grains. And then the broadhead with the stainless insert takes it to 250 grains. So people that are shooting these broadheads can really configure them however they want. So it really allows just the highest level of tuning um, when it comes to broadhead setup. And then the way that they come packaged is uh, you'll get three broadheads, either single bevel or double bevel, uh, three field points. And the field points are set up with the same interchangeable um, insert just like the broadhead. So your field points can match the broadheads that you end up shooting. Um, and then you'll get nine of the inserts themselves. So three aluminum, three magnesium, and three uh, stainless steel. So it's really, it really sets you up to however you want to have your arrow set up or your broadhead set up. You get, you get it all done in one package. So it's, uh, they'll start shipping uh, late this spring. But we, the response this far in the last couple of weeks has just been overwhelming. Right. The construction of the materials of the head itself is uh, 440 stainless, and we're shooting for a 50 Rockwell on hardness. So it's going to be a very durable head. Um, yeah. Very, very neat, very neat system. Awesome. Yeah, I just thought, because yeah. it is, 
interesting, and we hadn't talked about it before um, on the podcast, and uh, I just thought it'd be it's it's a cool cool setup um, for what it is. Yeah, you know? it, I mean, it's it's hard without somebody looking at it in person. It's hard for a lot of people to kind of like understand how the system works, but everybody that's come by the booth here has just been yeah, it looked really neat, blown away. You by said that they were probably going to be relatively easy to sharpen too. Yes, you know, yep. so yeah, when you look at uh, you know taking your arrows and you have these inserts in it and you take your field point and you put, let's say the, the, you know, the, the mag insert on it. And you're like, Oh, that's, that's not where I need it to be. Me need a little more FOC on this thing. And you drop your, uh, steel stainless steel insert in there. And all of a sudden your arrows are flying perfect. Then, you know, you, you, you have three practice points that you can practice with that. And then all you have to do is unscrew your practice point off and screw your broadhead on and, you're basically at the same level. Yeah, and, and so without having this conversation or, like you say, seeing it in person, you're just like, oh, Bear came out with a single bevel broadhead, but it's it's quite a bit more than that, and it's super slick. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a system to help you tune your arrows and your broadheads. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thanks, guys. I think that's kind of all we've got for today. I mean. Yeah, no. I, I feel I feel like you had a little bit of trepidation coming into this, but <laughs> pretty well. Um, yeah. That was so, fun. Fun. So, if people have questions or, or anything, you know, how do they reach out or where so can they got, direct those? Yeah. So, obviously, social media is a great resource. To your point earlier, um, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram. We've got YouTube channels for the brands where there's a wealth of information. Um, our website has really been redone to to be an education center so regardless of whether you're shooting one of our bows or not there's resources on there to just input from you know staff members um some of the personalities that we work with i mean so the website's another really great spot and then we've got an amazing customer service team so any questions at all call the customer service team and they will address them to the best of their ability and uh, put you in the right direction yeah beararchery.com all right. Pretty simple. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cool. Thanks. Right. Thanks. Yep.